Welcome to season four of the You Flourish podcast, where we help you flourish in your faith. We are high energy, enthusiastic business professionals who are unapologetically Christians. At You Flourish Company, we know that our world puts such a high value on success and productivity, and unfortunately, our faith gets put on the back burner. So what does it mean to flourish in your faith? Well, it means collaborating with God in every area of your life and in every season. With friends, family, and in business meetings, God wants to have a seat at your table, but you have to invite him in. And that is why this podcast exists, to help prepare you for every curveball that comes your way so you can stay grounded and flourish in your faith. Join us every other Tuesday for a new interview with a faith leader. Now it's time to dive in to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our You Flourish podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Tanner joining me, and I'm just going to let Tanner go ahead and take it away. Tanner, tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. It's it's awesome to be here. So appreciate the invite. Um, Yeah, so I'm Tanner Palm. Uh, I'm the COO and co-founder of AI. Um, so we're within the tech startup space, specifically AI. Uh, so we're doing a lot of cool things there. But uh, more importantly, I'm a Christian, um, you know, was grew up Catholic, um, grew up in the Twin Cities in a great household. Um, and, you know, there's a there's a lot to the story, but, you know, eventually ended up here in Fargo, North Dakota, um, kind of throughout college and then left for a little bit um, for a job, came back here and now call this place home for a uh, past year over a year now so um yeah that's quick tldr i don't even though we're on the podcast kind of talking about me i don't like to talk a whole lot about myself so you're gonna have to pull a little bit to get out of me but that's a quick and quick and dirty of uh who tanner is Hmm, tanner what i thought was so cool uh, i've had conversations lately and this just sparked um when you said it but when you said i'm i'm tanner here's what i do but more importantly i'm a christian and i thought that was so cool how you said, yeah, 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 I do all these things, but here's who I am. And so I, I just admire that. And I, I want you to share a little bit more about that faith background and maybe how you've gotten to where you are today in your faith, um, maybe starting as far back as your childhood, if you're open to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm open book. So you can <laughs> ask me whatever. Um, but yeah, I can, I can start at the beginning. So um, yeah, my my family has a really, really good Christian foundation. Um, I mean, my, you know, my grandparents are very devout Catholics. So growing up, I always had, um, you know, even two generations um, of, of role models to live after um, and, you know, model my life after too. So, um, but I think like any typical kid, like even if you have a great household, a great foundation, you know, go through um, religious classes, I did public school and then religious classes as well too um in the twin cities and i mean even you know if you have that strong foundation i think just being a kid you don't probably get to realize or grasp um what faith is um you know christianity is is a very like mainstream popular thing in the united states too so i think it it just kind of um as as being a young immature person you really just don't understand kind of the 
the scale of, of um, faith. So, um, you know, growing up, like I said, have a great structure and foundation, had great role models um, and got confirmed and, and went through the entire process. I mean, even um, I was very involved in a bunch of different things within, like, you know, high school specifically. I think I was involved in like eight different things. Um, but one of them that was my most favorite was uh, I was an FCA leader for at least two years. And if anyone doesn't know, FCA is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, so I was able to kind of co-lead that with, you know, maybe three or four to five other people too, um, that were all just great people and kind of tried to bring that, um, Christian faith into kind of a public domain. Um, obviously it wasn't like school sponsored or anything, but, um, you know, our advisor was one of my coaches and, you know, teachers. Um, so it was, it was a good way to kind of graph, um, maybe people that weren't and have like the traditional kind of upbringing that I did, but we're still curious. And then the athletics um, aspect also helped too. So, um, you know, went through that process, absolutely loved it, um, met a lot, a lot of cool people. Um, and then I think that was kind of like a little bit of a quick moment, but still didn't really grasp still um, what faith and, and Christianity and Jesus really meant to me. Um, but then I really kind of got a little community taste um, there. And then going through, I think, you know, as most college kids do, you know, you kind of um, lose it a little bit within, within college as um, nature has it too. And, uh, you know, some, some events triggered within my college time to really kind of hit home um, and really bring me back um, to Jesus. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm the farthest thing from it. I'm, you know, doing the best I can, but, um, you know, and then that progression from there until now, probably maybe, you know, a handful of years now that I'm just in incrementally um, over trying time, just keep getting closer to Jesus in that relationship. So. Hmm. So it sounds like college was, um, even though you drifted, um, it also drifting away helped kind of maybe reignite your, your faith once you did rediscover it and come back to it. Or I guess, was there kind of a turning point for you when you realized I need to get back into my faith? Yeah, um, definitely. I think um, the biggest one was uh, I was in a relationship from about eighth grade, which, you know, sounds silly, but um, from eighth grade all the way to sophomore year of college. So I was about like seven years. So the majority of my, you know, early adult life to teen life, you know, for sure, um, I was like 13 to 20 at least. Um, I was with this one person and uh, it was, you know, fantastic. And, but like something like that went, I mean, a third of your life, you're used to something and there's kind of an abrupt change or end um, to that circumstance. There's, there's, uh, you're, you're kind of looking for some foundation to lean on in times of on tons of trouble. And I felt like when I was looking for that thing, that hand to grasp back on, um, I knew what should have been there, but I knew I was too far away to probably reach it at the time. Um, so that relationship was really a key turning point of like, you know, was really in a tough spot mentally and everything like that, um, which, you know, I think partially everything happens for a reason for sure within, within God's plan. So um, I do think I'm super thankful for, you know, the hard times. I wouldn't go back and change anything because that was really the catalyst to driving me closer to knowing God. Um, I think it's super, super easy, especially me. I get caught up with it every single, you know, even day of like, I think I can do X 
Um, but it's really not my skill set, my talents, you know, it's, it's all him. So I think it was a little more of that, of, um, environment and people and probably leaning a little too much into like my laziness or just thinking within my capabilities and kind of got a, a good kick in the butt of like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't your plan. This is my plan, you know, as speaking as God there. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like the one thing that really, um, drove it home and, you know, there's been things since then, you know, moving halfway across the country, knowing no one, um, things like that, that that moment back in college, I think really prepared me for the even the challenging times ahead. I mean, right now, things definitely aren't easy. I'm super blessed and super thankful. So don't get me wrong. But I think that one really prepared me for the roller coaster ahead that is life pretty much. Hmm. Well, and I know at one point, um, you and I had visited a little bit about this concept of it seems like when things are good, we almost forget about God as, as things get better, it's really easy to not keep God front and center. But then why is it that when things get tough, that's when we always turn to God. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, there's probably a multitude of reasons. Um, I think it's very, very easy kind of like a talk about for um, yourself to take credit or um, not even take credit, but you just don't acknowledge this like external factors, right? So, I mean, even within culture today, let's just say like, if you get in the professional world, if you get promoted, everyone kind of always does the thing of like, oh, I, I did it. Like this is due to me, which is true, but someone had to give you that opportunity. Someone had to see potential in you. Um, so it's kind of the same analogy that like, you might have the, the perspective of like, hey, this is me, which there's definitely steps that you're taking if you're being rewarded that I'm sure are probably good. Um, but at the same time, you don't have the ex external perspective of God having his hand in the situation. Um, so I think it's easy to just, if you don't tangibly see that and you don't see God in front of you, it's, it's easy to forget. Um, I think, you know, like, I, I think just personally, like it's easy to like a human to get lazy in certain things. Um, so when you don't like stick up with habits and, and um, rituals, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of just push things to the side. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you're not injured, but you're not working out, like it's an easy way to be like, Oh, I'm doing okay. Until something happens and you're like, well, I probably should have been walking every day in order to make sure, you know, this injury didn't happen. So I think it's just the, you know, whether it's laziness, you, you know, you're not realizing something, you have different perspective. I think there's a bunch of different keys to play into it kind of depending on the person. Um, but I think it's it's all really a mindset shift at the end of the day. So, well, yeah, it's I think it's pretty easy to get uh, lazy in our faith too, and to get complacent. And even I feel it sometimes personally. I know I'm a Christian. I say I'm a Christian. I um, I'll go to church. I'll do these things. But then when I look at my day or even my week, all of a sudden the week will have gone by. And I'll think to myself, how much time did I really spend towards God? And I realized that although I've been working so hard in other areas, I haven't been giving God my best energy. I've been giving God yeah. kind of my leftovers. Do you ever feel that way, Tanner? A hundred percent. Like, I think, I think laziness is probably the wrong word for me that I, I couldn't artic articulate until you <laughs> said that. It's just like busyness. Busyness is honestly like the, the biggest, uh, you know, like evil nature kind of in, in a way of like 
I am the same way that I'll go through an entire day, entire week, entire month. And I'll like think back and I'll be like, did I even like say like a two second prayer? Did I do this? Did I do that? Did I read? And it's like, you know, everyone says like, where does time go? Which is absolutely true. Um, but then you take it to another level with, um, within faith and like trying to stick to what you're doing, but just, you know, we're both very busy people and you know, so is everyone else. Um, so, you know, being dedicated um, to not let distractions or busyness cloud your judgment on probably the things that you should be doing, whether they're just, you know, really, really small things or, you know, maybe larger things as well too. Hmm. You just made me think of, I would love your feedback on this quote. I can't even remember where I heard it, but it was the saying, and maybe you've heard it before. Um, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm -hmm. Have you heard yep. that before? I've heard like variations of that. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent agree. Like it's, it's not so much about you doing the devil's not trying to have you do evil things. Like his win is you not glorifying God. Like mm -hmm. that's a, that's a win for him. Um, so it's not like, I don't always try to just sit there and be like, Oh, I didn't do anything bad today. Well, it's like, well, that's not like, the, you know, that's not the point of, of life. Um, but just making sure you're um, negligence isn't a win, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Yeah. And I think as humans, you know, we're designed and I feel like God has designed us to want to work. I, I mean, mm -hmm. hopefully want to work or contribute maybe would be the, the better word for that, because, you know, there might be people that aren't necessarily working. Like I think of a stay at home mom, but they're still contributing to society. So there is, right. I mean, most people have at least a little inkling of desire to work, but I think as professionals, especially we get a taste of what it feels like to climb the ladder and be busy and, and, and feel like we're gaining knowledge and growth. And I know for me and probably you personally, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so much fun to um, work, especially when you're doing something that you love, but God still wants some of our time. I mean, he wants us to work hard, but it's so hard to find that balance. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like the thing I always like. Um, it was something I was reading and I can't remember what it was, but it was like, um, the greatest tragedy is not death, but life without purpose. And mm -hmm. the, um, the easiest way to find purpose is within professional work. Um, so I think that's like our default is like human nature is to try to find purpose in life, but there's just based on the person, there's different ways to try to find that. Um, and there's easy defaults and there's maybe ways that are more meaningful or, you know, you might value X compared to Y, you might value, you know, money compared to social net worth. So you might try to find pur purpose in something and you might try to, you know, fit, fit a peg in a square hole or, you know, things like that. So that's where I kind of think that the busyness and work is like our attempt to try to find purpose or something we find like ourselves are providing value or, you know, contribution to a larger, you know, group, whether mm -hmm. that's I mean, professional work, whether that's stay at home, whether that's volunteering, whether that's, you know, whatever, it's still that attempt or pursuit, but it's just a matter of where you try to find that or where you think you are, um, or you provide the highest value. Well, and it's so interesting because of course we'll find some satisfaction in that and we'll enjoy our work if we find something that aligns with our skills and who we are. But ultimately, I, I'm not sure how you feel, Tanner, but it's, 
at the end of the day, there's still going to be a little hole in our hearts if we find all of our purpose in our work. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I think it's just the biggest teller of that is time, right? Like there's plenty of people that, um, honestly, whether it's even, even, you know, Christianity or not, like if you try to find purpose in something that really isn't contributing to a greater good, like you will realize that over time, like just went to uh, charity water uh, gala and the charity water founder, like, um, it doesn't have a Christian tie, but it was still the same thing of like one day he woke up, he was a very successful professional, but woke up and like, I'm not contributing to the greater good um, and still felt like that hole. And I think it's the same thing for like, I think to another level within Christianity, no matter what you do, whether it's good or not, um, you know, in your daily life, that there will still probably be that hole no matter what um, that, you know, I, th I think faith is the only thing that could really fill that. So you'll always be, even if you're doing your, your rock star, you're killing it. You're, you know, 90% full. There's still that 5% and, you know, just throwing out numbers, for example, yeah. but there's still, still be that 5% that, you know, you still can't get that answer to that question that you're looking for, no matter how hard you try and fit something that seems like it'll work. Um, even if you know, like, right. Like both of us are, are um, we could say devout Christians or, you know, we try to be at least, um and we might think that ratio is something and it really should be others so even it's not like a binary decision like a yes or a no like i'm either trying to fill this or not but it could even be like a i think i should be filling this 50 percent, and it's really 75 percent, and you still might find that hole um and it's still just like reevaluating your priorities or values of like where you're spending your time and resources um to contribute to like where you're finding you know value or fulfillment i guess well and it's interesting because i think of people who go who truly go into ministry right and who are yeah. truly every single second of every day other than maybe a little bit of time that they're sitting hanging out at home watching tv or something mm -hmm. i don't know like every single part of their being is dedicated to the christian faith and i wonder from like a life satisfaction standpoint um if those people, it would be interesting to see a poll to see if, you know, priests, pastors, those that are missionaries, how much of their heart feels more full than those of us who maybe um, are in, I guess, and I hate to even say secular work, because I believe that every job you do, you can bring Christianity mm -hmm. into your work. But um, it would be really interesting to see the, the life satisfaction level or score on people who are truly dedicated to the work of God in that way. Yeah. I mean, I've known people that have transitioned both like transitioned from mainstream professional employment to ministry because they felt the calling and then, you know, from ministry out. So mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of been something like even internally is like, I'm kind of in the belief that like purpose could be not cyclical, but like, um, iterative maybe is the right word of like there's certain times in your certain life that you might feel more purpose than others I don't know if there is ultimately a right answer or a wrong answer um but to your point of like you know who is feeling more purpose it's like I don't even know if there's a scale to go upon that would be apples to oranges or apples yeah. to apples so it's it's definitely yeah. an interesting question that I've definitely thought about too for sure no that's a perfect um, way to put it because you can't compare 
because I, you know, it feels like God has called each of us to use our own unique gifts in whatever ways we can to serve others. And um, yeah, to think that uh, even though your job might be mainstream, uh, you still can incorporate you know, your faith, whether it's taking time throughout your day to pray or talking to a coworker about your faith. Um, you know, Tanner, for you, how do you weave in your faith throughout your week? Yeah, um, for, for me, and I mean, it's a good, it's a good segue too, because busyness is like my biggest enemy uh, and blocker to, to Christ. Um, so I at least like just try to carve out time and, and have a set up a good routine throughout my week to make sure like there is dedicated time. Um, so like, you know, I wake up, I do a devotional uh, on the Bible app. I go through that every morning. I have a, a actual physical hard copy book. Um, I work out before work every single day. So like my either walk or uh, in the summer, which thank goodness it's, it's warm out now, but um, or the drive to the gym in the morning, I have like quiet time where it's like nothing and just listening. And then even at the gym, this is kind of weird. Um, to maybe some people, but like, there's a, a good amount of the days, there's like this one YouTube channel that I'll listen to at the gym. And it's not so much like, uh, it's like kind of spliced, um, more kind of like motivational sermons in a way. Um, but it's, it's not even so much like I'm getting something out of it, but it's just more of like the white noise of like picking up certain things at certain times where it's like, I know it's coming into me. I'm not retaining all of it, but it's just like the top of the funnel I'm trying to keep as full. Um, so the morning is, is really my, I try to spend as much time during the day. I do my best to have like little prayers here and there, especially like within startup life, like your life's a roller coaster. So it's easier to have kind of big highs and lows, you know, a lot of lows to be honest during the week. So it's easy to like have again, why is it, why do we wait until things get hard? So and then at night before I go to bed, I always pray too. And, you know, have Bible studies every single week with, you know, even our, with our friend Glenn Stevens, I've been in Bible study with him for like three years at least now or something. Um, and then also I have like a weekly meeting with, with a group of, of, of close guys that kind of, um, we have a really like core foundation of faith too. Um, just, you know, from accountability and everything like that. So there's like a lot of things where it's like dedicated time or like, Hey, I have to do this. Um, Cause then, you know, during the day and even at night or whatever, things get busy. So just like dedicating time as much as possible. Hmm. I, I love how, well, one, I'll backtrack real quick. The listening to the YouTube channel. I think of that when I heard you talk about that, it's kind of like osmosis, right? Yep. Reminding me of, even though you're not maybe paying attention to every word that these motivational sermons are saying to you you're still surrounding yourself with God's word. And I think that's also um, parallel with what you're doing with the people in your life and your schedule in your life. It sounds like you're really um, dedicated to making your faith non-negotiable um, and not allowing things to take place of these important Bible study meetings. And also like having the right people around you is important to you, it sounds like. And I think it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with a, a group yesterday around who are the five to 10 people that you spend the most time around and how much of an influence do they have on your life? What's What are your thoughts on that, Tanner? Yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, um, I guess which way you go out about it, but like show me the five people that 
you surround yourself with and I'll like tell you how you're going to be here, who you're going to be um, is like the most true thing in the entire world. And, and something I definitely like, I'm something, I'm somebody that like, to be honest, like I love people from different perspectives. Like I have a, a friends from a wide variety of perspectives um, which, which is a super, super cool thing that I probably really didn't have growing up that from like complete non-believers to the middle to complete believers where it's good to just like get perspectives for anyone. And it's not changing my perspective, but it maybe reinforces or give me different perspectives or way to explain things. But like a core group, um, I have a, for sure, you know, a good, probably six people at least, um, that are just, you know, good core, uh, devout believers um that I you know try to surround myself with as much as possible um because I think the biggest thing within just faith and Christianity specifically is like it doesn't mean a whole lot with one person like yourself but like truly you know where there's I'm trying to think of the exact verse but like where there's two or three like there I am too it's kind of like the same thing of like it really no matter what in life, like you really need to build your community and within Christianity and faith, I think like that is the most important thing. But in my opinion of like, you can do individually everything you like think you can do, but the most growth I've had personally in times I've been pushed or challenged um, or had different perspectives was the people around me um, that, you know, have a similar core and foundation that might have different viewpoints or things even still within Christianity itself, um, but push me to be a better person, better Christian, um, you know, just well-rounded person. So I think building your community and the people around you, whether that's your close inner circle, whether it's adjacent circle, like it means everything. You know, you reminded me of that, and I, I'm going to butcher it now, but they use it a lot in wedding ceremonies where they talk about the, like a court of three cannot easily been, be broken. So when you have yourself, the people in your life, and then God is part of that three, that's the third element. Um, you're truly unshakable if you have God wrapped around that each relationship. And I think it's really easy in this day and age. Um, we do want to love everyone and, and be kind to everyone, but if we don't have enough people in our lives that are to your point, Christians that we can maybe have challenge us a little bit, uh, we become stagnant. And mm -hmm. I think it's so wonderful that you've built so many of these great relationships, Tanner. Yeah, doing the best I can too. And like, you know, it's, it's always all this is a work in progress. So like, everything I've said today is not, I am not, I am doing my best as well. Um, but yeah, just like, I mean, even, even in an unrelated note, like, the reason I moved back specifically to like the FM area was because of the people in the community that I didn't find anywhere else, whether that was faith-based or not faith-based. Um, so like, whether it comes to your faith or anything else, like the people around you, making sure you have the people to surround yourself to make you a better person in your pursuit, especially faith. I think like you're going to hit, you're going to hit a ceiling, um, of whatever potential you think unless you incorporate more people um that specifically like either know more than you um maybe have a better routine like something like that where it's like no matter if it's work or faith like i try to be the dumbest person in the room and i'm pretty good at it so far but like um <laughs> which may be a good or bad thing i don't know but 
um, of just trying to like absorb, like whether it's a YouTube channel or just like listening to other people speak that I know are super knowledgeable, which thankful that by God's grace, I've had a bunch of people in my life that are super knowledgeable um, in and out of faith. So it's just, especially I think generationally, I think that's another big thing too that I didn't talk about is even in this area or other places too that I've experienced, like um, having the like generational role model um, in like group is like very beneficial where there's people like probably a generation above me at least, and even like two um, that are great resources and examples to live by and throw ideas off of and really see like how God works. It's kind of like looking ahead 20, 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. um, even longer than that, to be honest, of like, they did these things and I've seen how it impacts their life and where they're at now, um, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially, like it's, it's really awesome to see just not even like, Hey, the 20 something year old that all have the same perspective and, you know, culture and everything like that. But then like also getting outside perspectives that you might not be able to relate to, relate to in a whole lot, but like there's still one core foundation of faith that you can definitely chat about. So. Hmm. Well, and I know you had mentioned too, that there are some, um, you know, within your company, you, not everyone necessarily is a Christian. There are probably people you interact with on a daily basis that aren't Christians. How do you interact with them? And what's that experience like? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very, very interesting and like, not in a bad way, but like a a very, very good learning uh, curve for me specifically. Um, And like, either managing or leading or just like relationally with people. Cause we've had, again, we've had people from complete on one end um, of complete non-believer or like very, very devout um, or even like kind of not like different religions. Um, um, so it's, it's been very interesting. The, the basis of everything that I do and that we do for sure um, is just like kind of the, the love aspect. Like ultimately let's just my like more lead by example. Um, we really don't try to, we don't take a stance on anything. We don't try to like implement or like push. I'm a, I have like a supply chain background. So like this is an analogy, but like um, push first pull um, is like, you know, with like just in time and all those things of like, we're not trying to shove it, but we're like, when it's needed, we'll provide it. So um, that's kind of the stance what we've taken, whether it's like curiosity questions is like trying to, I'm really trying to have the perspective of like, I want people to almost ask the question of like, why is he, you know, kind? Or why did he handle this situation the way he did? Why did we do this? Where it more is like a prompting thing um, that they see something differently that I'm acting out or by example, um, that can lead into other things. Um, so like, that's really where professionally I've tried to stand, um, is like, you know, legally being under, I can't remember if it's 20 or 15 person company, like you can kind of do whatever you want, to be honest. Um, but like, we're not even trying to have that as, is we're just trying to be the best people we can love, you know, our coworkers and the people within the company, the best we can, um, and really just trying to demonstrate faith and love more than put any agenda policy uh or yeah anything like that Hmm. 
I love it. Leading by example. And um, one of the things you said is when they have questions, you know, I'm here to answer those and willing to answer those. And I think um, it's really cool. I know I'm excited. You guys have sponsored a breakfast and Bibles that we're hosting. So even as a company, you're still making certain decisions like that, that just kind of subtly show that, hey, we're, we are Christians here. There are people here that are um, Christians. And so I think that's just amazing. Um, how else, um, how else, if you were to have any advice for someone that, um, just going back a little bit, anyone that was maybe struggling in their faith or feeling complacent, if you were to give some, some advice to them, what do you think that advice would be? Um, Good question. I think the best advice I could give would be just to start somewhere. Like, just take the initial first step, whether that's going to mass or, you know, go listen to a sermon or um, go to a small group, read one verse in the Bible, like listen to one podcast, like literally just like start somewhere um, and then build upon it. So. Um, I think it's easy to like publicly there's a lot of people that um, are very expressive or vocal within kind of um, Christianity or faith and I think it can be very intimidating even within some churches to be honest like come in it's kind of like a shell shock um, but I think if people really just at least take one initial step and then keep building upon it and start to kind of try to at least build a routine um, I think is the best place to start because, and I think the expectation to know that not everything's going to work. Like there's days um, that like, I'm still trying to like struggle with right now. Like I'm not going to get something out of the Bible every single day. And like, mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, so it's not going to be an overnight success. Um, but I think the biggest thing with like struggling in faith, like no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, um, there's forgiveness, love, and grace there for you. It's just a matter of you having to accept it and try to stay committed um, the best you can um, with, you know, following Jesus and and trying to be the best person you can be. So not the best advice, but like that's honestly like that's kind of like what I'm my thought process when I get in slumps too. It's just mm -hmm. like continue, keep keep trying to do something, bond yourself with people um that do care and are do do practice and do try to contribute um and do know and have wisdom um so that's i'm trying to be the living example of everything i said so it's not like i'm this is exactly what to do but it's like i was thinking like on my bad days my bad weeks my bad months what do i try to tell myself hmm. well and what i heard was um just stay consistent and God will always invite you back. You're all, if you have a couple of days where you are complacent or you fall short of maybe where you want to be with your faith, it's okay. And I think too, what I also heard that I really loved was, um, I think I'm the type of person that, that whenever I open up the Bible or whenever I go to church, I'm like, I'm wanting to be so inspired right now. I just want to mm -hmm. feel that inspiration. And, and I almost want to feel like there was a lightning bolt that came down from the sky and yeah. just set me on fire. And I'm just so excited about what I read. And, you know, you hear the phrase on fire for Jesus and on fire for God. And I think, um, just remembering that sometimes maybe scripture will be confusing or we won't maybe fully understand, or we won't fully resonate with certain messages, but 
it's only when we stop trying that we're failing. And so just to keep trying, I think is a great message, Tanner. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, that's all we can do. Cause I mean, we're, everyone's, you know, far from perfect and we're all, that's basically at the end of the day, we're all trying. Um, I think, I think the last biggest thing that I'm like, like as of today, we just had a discussion on this morning is even on like the trying or, you know, one step is like, you still have to have the right intentions with it mm. to find results is like, mm. um, uh, we're, it was in, um, Galatians and then kind of going into Romans too, of basically the law verse, um, law verse faith, I guess you could say of mm. more like legalism versus just the point of like, you shouldn't have to follow something to do it. So it shouldn't be just like a, a box checked because like I did this, um, it's more of like it should be an intrinsic um, kind of spirit that is guided by Jesus and faith that really like should pull you, lead you, want you to do th things. So mm -hmm. like when I'm reading, am I reading to hit a certain page number or am I reading to like try to actually get something out of it? Because I can definitely feel the difference between the two. And I think like that's the one I struggle the most. It's like, oh, I got to Bible study tomorrow. I got to read 30 pages. It's like, well, I'm not going to get anything out of it. I got to go to Sunday mass, but I have 40 things to do in the afternoon. Well, I'm not going to be able to like process anything within the mass and pay attention because I'm thinking about other things. So it's really like not trying to be super legalistic in the fact that I'm checking every single box because you won't be able to It's set up for failure. That's kind of the whole point of it. Um, but really just trying to have that intrinsic power to do the right thing and with the right intention. Hmm. That is good. I think, um, you know, it's the difference between sitting with the Bible, reading the words, letting them soak in and just truly enjoying and experiencing those words and reading the Bible every day for a week, just so that you can tell your accountability buddy, I read my Bible every single day, check, check, check. Um, I'm so the check the box type of person. Yeah. I think to some degree, it's nice to have your like list to hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. But if you're just checking off the boxes to hold yourself accountable, because you know, you want to grow in your faith and you're not truly invested in that um, intrinsic desire for strengthening your faith, there is a big difference. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's everything in life comes to, and it's kind of like the, are you looking for external validation or is it like your intrinsic, intrinsic motivation? Mm. Um, are you like going to church because you're wanting other people to see you going to church? Mm. Um, or are you going there to get something out of it? Are you reading your Bible to tell somebody, like you said, it's good to have a, a checklist and it's good to have people in your life to keep you accountable. But if you're just saying you did it, they can't take the main key points out of it or have a discussion about it or, or you know, xyz it's 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 the same thing in life like you're gonna get out whatever you put in at the end mm -hmm. of the day um so yeah it's we're all trying like you said we're all trying our best and as long as you're doing that with the right intentions um you'll be just okay hmm Tanner, I love that. I think this has been such a fun conversation. I've taken yeah. so many little nuggets out of it. I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, yes. I want to 
kind of direct us towards closing. I have a couple last maybe questions or thoughts, but um, first, before I wrap us up, was there anything else that you were hoping we would touch on or talk about that I've left un, untouched? I don't think so. No, I, yeah, like you said, we, I'm sure we could talk a long time about all the things we're trying to do or doing wrong or just in general. But yeah, I, I super appreciate the conversation and our time together and chatting. Um, it was, it was good to dive more into this, but yeah, I don't have, I don't have anything else. Uh, I think we hit on a lot of great things. Hmm. Well, I'm going to do a quick summary first, because I'm just thinking of all these things that we've talked about. I know we talked about how, um, how easy it is to, uh, be closer to God or draw closer to God when things are tough. And so the importance of us taking time to draw closer to God when things are good as well, mm -hmm. that was one big takeaway I had. I also um, really loved what we talked about when we were talking about busyness and how busyness can be our enemy and how you know important it is to be relentless with a, a, a plan and have you know people in your life and how the people in your life really influence um, who you are, how you grow in your faith. And so if you don't have anyone challenging you in your faith, I think our assignment is go find at least one new person that you can pull into your circle that can challenge you in your faith. Um, I know you talked about kind of some of your routines with um, listening to sermons and just spending time not only with your people in the word, but also just allowing it to soak in. And I um, I love just this last concept of it's not about just checking off the box. It's about a true desire um, to grow in your faith and to continue to pursue Jesus and pursue God in your everyday life. Um, and yeah, I think overall, I know we talked a lot about community and how we're stronger when when we have people around us that can yeah. support us in, in faith. Um, is there anything that I'm missing that we covered? I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sure there is, but you covered all the big chunks. Yeah, those are, that's what I got out of it, at least. So we're on the same page. Oh, amazing. Well, the last, my last question for you, Tanner, is I'm sure I haven't had anyone on our podcast that's in the AI space. I'm really <laughs> curious, would you ever just tell us a little bit more about what your company does and where we can find you? And, you know, there might be someone even listening that could utilize your services. So I'd love to give you that opportunity to share that as well yeah no i appreciate it um so what we are doing is um we are really so i will say we've we've had transitions from the past so there might be people on our team or the company or me that you think like what are you doing because yeah we've had a lot of pivots so i apologize for the confusion first <laughs> and foremost but um we are really trying to help e-commerce direct to consumer brands have video advertisements that work um, and we're doing that in two different ways. So one, we have a tool that we'll hopefully be releasing within the next month or so, just kind of depending on some things, um, getting it all wrapped up that will be able to predict the effectiveness, effectiveness of video ads um, before they're even like pushed or published. Um, so like right now, nine out of 10 ads fail um, and there's a lot of money spent A-B testing. So we're really trying to bring science to advertising and knowing what works before you actually put money behind it. So that's kind of a, our first half that um, we're kind of doing beta testing and really going through and finishing up. And that'll kind of lead to our Flagstaff product, which is like the really, really cool thing that we actually initially started working on first, but put on pause, um, which you'll be able to enter in a text prompt. So you just go on your computer and you'll say, two people drinking coffee in a cafe. 
and a video would be generated out of thin air. Um, but with that highest kind of grade in mind that I just talked about from the previous tool. So it's kind of like a logical thing that we're building out the scoring system and this video grader um, in this first product that'll eventually work in to be able to, you'll be able to create a, a video ad out of thin air. So we're all working with within the kind of the, our primary target market is the e-com um, direct to consumer brands that really um, push these paid ads that have a product that we can help them predict um, what's going to work and what isn't. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the the quick and dirty of, of what we're what we're working on right now. So yeah, but you can find me uh, on LinkedIn, Tanner Palm. Look me up, Jenner AI. So G E N E R A I dot I O. Um, that's our website. So go check us out there too. But yeah, it's it's, it's there's a lot going on there. Uh, I'm not the best explainer or pitcher, um, but it's it's a little quick TLDR of what we got going on. Mm. It's fascinating, Tanner. AI is just exploding now. So I'm so excited to stay connected and hear more about how your business, Jenner AI, grows. And we will absolutely um, link in our show notes the link to your website. Um, just so grateful that we had this chance to talk today, Tanner. I feel like it's been fabulous and excited for our listeners to have the opportunity to experience our conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much again, Kelsey. I super appreciate you having me.